Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, people? We're back for another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 41. Appreciate y'all ch- tapping in. The end of week one is here. We're going into week two. I am one of the hosts of the show, Eugene. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Genius. That's G E N E S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And always, my co host of the show, Ike. How you feeling, man? How you feeling today? Uh, I feel full. I feel full of uh, all the football that I consumed this weekend. It was a uh, it was a pretty up and down week one, but I I loved it. Just seeing football back on the screen, no better feeling. It's almost like Christmas, uh, but we have a a lot of you know a lot of news, a lot of reactions, a lot of takeaways we want to get to. Um, but first, I can be found on Twitter at just underscore Ico nine. But yeah, man, this was a you know it was a pretty ult- ultimately like overall it was a, it was a relatively fun week one. There was a lot of points scored, a lot of. You know, crazy running back, running back rushing yard totals. It's yeah, it was it was a lot. It was it was there, there was there was fireworks, definitely some fireworks. Yeah, it was. I was you know it was a, it was a lot of lot of sloppy football, a lot of good football. I know overall there was teams were mainly sloppy in the first half. As the game progressed, they got they got better. There was teams like the Eagles, the Chargers, the Vikings, and the Chiefs. They they were pretty much sharp first half. You know, the Chiefs, they were sharp the whole game. The Eagles were pretty much sharp the whole game. Chargers, first half. Vikings, first half. But for the most part, a lot of these teams were were better in the second half than the first, which is expected since a lot of these people just didn't care about preseason. They just figured they can, you know, kind of wing it, which what it looked like in the first half of these games. So um, hopefully next week we see we see people start off better than they did this week. Yeah, cleaning, cleaning all cleaning all their shit up, definitely. Clean all that shit up, but you did mention the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he was the QB forward in Week One, and he basically picked up where he left off in 2021. You know, at 90 rushing yards and a touchdown, eight design runs. You know, four runs with more than 10 yards, 20% scramble rate. So that's what you want to see from a running quarterback. He was going what, you know, fifth round, sixth round, in a lot of drafts, and he's worth the price of admission. And he was feeding AJ Brown, you know, quite a bit. You know, gave him ten, tar- gave him ten catches, 155 yards, uh, and that, he dominated, dominated the air yards share. So the Eagles, they were clicking on all on all cylinders. The running game got going. Miles Sanders had 96 yards rushing and a, and a touchdown, his first touchdown in over 600 days. 
over 600 days. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, they were, they were as good as advertised. Definitely. Yeah, they were. They, yeah, they were. Um, the next person that, you know, that I want to kind of touch on is your boy, Justin Jefferson. The usage was as advertised as, uh, Kevin McConnell has said before the season that he was going to get him all over the place. And sure enough, he did. PFF grad, graded him the number one wide receiver this week one with an over a uh, little over 91 uh, grade, which is, you know, again, like we saw, saw on display on Sunday, uh, the usage of how where they placed him on the field and, you know, wh- where he received the re- received the, 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 the targets were, you know, just amazing to me. So he had seven. He, he accounted for 74 percent of the team's air, air yards, which is just a. Uh, Crazy so amount wow. for for one person <laughs> to, to to have for for a whole game. Uh, I know six. He had six receptions on seven targets for 153 yards and two touchdowns from the slot. Uh, and he played 34 snaps from the slot position. Again, this is what Kevin McConnell has said before the season, during training camp, during during preseason that we were gonna we're gonna keep on that Cooper Cup role. And sure enough, week one, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and, spe- and speaking of that, like one thing that you saw a lot of last year with Cooper Cup is that he was matched up on linebackers um, from the inside, from, from the slot. Uh, on Sunday, Justin Jefferson, 60% of his targets were on linebackers, and the stat line was five catches, 148 yards, and two touchdowns. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he's, he can create matchups. He can create all those, all, all, uh, all those mismatches, and he's going to get Jeff- Justin Jefferson open in space, and you're going to see a hell of a year uh, from Jefferson. Um, but speaking of guys that you're going to see a hell of a year from, we would be remiss if we did not talk about Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's back. Ladies and gentlemen, Saquon Barkley is back. The explosive the explosive phenom that we saw at Penn State, we saw a lot of that in week one against the Titans. Um, you know, 18 carries, 164 yards rushing, you know, six catches, you know, th- another 30 yards receiving, you know, played over 80% of the snaps. And, you know, a lot of people had questions about, you know, does he have that burst? Does he have that acceleration? Does he have that long speed? Uh, he showed it, showed it quite a bit. Uh, his 22% explosive rush rate, which is 10 plus yards, uh, 10 plus yard runs, far and away the best of the week. Um, you know, he's, he, he, he was, you know, he's been talking about, you know, going crazy on, on all of his uh, interviews this offseason. And he's, he, he was the overall RB1 on the week. And, you know, kind of leading into our fantasy MVP and, L- and LVP, but he was he was my fantasy MVP of the week for sure because you know he you know he's he's he has a chip on his shoulder. He's got a lot to prove, and you know he's off to a good start. So that's that's my fantasy MVP. Um, and you know, again, we we need to make sure we talk about Saquon Barkley <laughs> on this show. <laughs> we do. I know before the show you had told me that. Your love doesn't is unmatched because you went to go trade for him in 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 one of the leagues that you're in with with somebody I know, and yep. the trade was 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 Saquon for Cup straight up, and I was like, oh shit, like this, yeah. I guess he's for real. Like, just gonna get it. Just gonna get it over with. Just gonna get it over. With. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like my I like the rest of my receivers in that in that in, in that league, and you know uh, my running backs are you know they they leave a little to be desired, even though I have Aaron Jones on that roster, but. Um, you know, trading trading for Saquon and, and sacrificing Cup. I mean, that's I feel like that's a good one for one swap. Um, so yeah, I, I feel a little bit better about my team now, and I know I I feel like I have provided he stays healthy. I feel like I have an every every week RB one, 
top five every week RB, you know, top five RB, uh, running back uh, to, you know, to give me points in my lineup, at least 20, po- 20 plus points every week. So who is your MVP? My MVP of this first week was, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He was QB1 overall this past week, 30 of 39 for 365 touchdowns. He had four passes over 25 yards, which was the most of week one. 56% of his completions were for first downs. That was also first in this first week. He had 145 quarterback rating under pressure, which was was tops in the league also. So it just, like, everything clicked. Just this fucking sharp, man. Just, he, <laughs> they told, they told us, they told us that we were going to spray it to everybody. Essentially, that's what they did. Everybody, everybody ate. Everybody will show love to, you know. Like your boy, uh, money making Mitch off of a uh, paid and fool man. Like everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody eats B, and that's why everybody did. So everybody eats B, everybody. <laughs> so that that that's my MVP for week one. And switching and switching gears, we always we always have the the opposite, um, the least valuable player <laughs> in fantasy, and it's not one particular player. It's a it's a group of players. It's an offensive unit. Uh, it is our beloved Dallas Cowboys offense. Uh, their, their offense was, was was atrocious. I saw this up close in person when I went to the game on Sunday. Uh, it, it was it, it was an embarrassment, but at the same time, I wasn't re- I didn't I didn't have uh, my I, I wasn't emotionally invested. I just watched the game and I I, I knew that you know they weren't really they weren't really about shit. You know they 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 were Jalen Tolbert, the third round rookie uh, from South Alabama, was healthy scratched in favor of some mm-hmm. something called a Dennis Houston. Never heard of him before in my life. Never Never heard heard of him. Never heard of him before my life. Um, But, you know, going back to the offense, you know, Dak Prescott was terrible. You know, couldn't get anything going in the running game. Offensive line kept, you know, giving up the cheeks, you know, giving up a lot of pressures. You know, Dak was also running for his life. And then also, the the wide receivers couldn't create any separation. T.D. Lamb had 11 targets, which is good, you know, on paper, but only caught two of them for for 29 yards. So he disappointed greatly. Uh, Dalton Schultz was probably the only fantasy relevant, um, fantasy relevant player there. But you know, as a whole, that that offense was was a joke. It was, it was embarrassing, uh, you know, to to see <laughs> in person. <laughs> that, I yeah, bet, so, man. I yeah, bet so, everybody pits down their leg. Nobody's really an athlete, you know. Just yeah. just piss poor, man. It was it was very, even sadder to watch. Poor. Even worse to watch on my couch, so I can only imagine what it looked like. Yeah, and this is all you know. This all goes back to you know the conversation we've always had about the front office just basically neglecting, getting you know ne- neglecting you know making any moves uh, to improve the squad, especially on offense, and inexplicably trading Cooper, you know, letting Cedric Wilson go, um, not not having a backup plan uh, for any of that, not even having a backup plan for for the Tyron Smith injury. You know that yeah they signed Jason Peters, but he was inactive, he didn't play. Guess he needs. I guess he needs to get conditioning up before he plays. But even then, you know, just there was there there was just no no plan uh, to really replace any of the production lost. So Dallas Cowboys least valuable players for week one. I, I agree with you. That was the only team in the whole league that didn't score a touchdown somehow, some way that they just managed to do that. So least valuable pl- player players or whatever you want to call it for the week. But now leading into our favorite segment of the show, cap or no cap, for the people that are listening for the first time that might not know the term cap or no cap, basically when whenever I use the word cap is basically another word for lying. So if I yeah. 
if I tell you that, hey, you know, the Dallas Cowboys were really good in week one, Ike is going to respond with. That's cap. Yeah. So All that's simple enough. Yeah. <laughs> simple enough. I'm going to read off. I'm going to give him a player and he's going to, we're just going to talk about it, say if it's cap or no cap. So my first player that I want to talk about CEH. Uh, we saw him finish RB6 this past week versus the Cardinals. The Cardinals just didn't show up. It looked like Kyler Murray and Coach Bro just didn't do any film study, no homework or anything that might have been laced in their contracts. <laughs> so, no, no, no uh, study hall. Study hall. Study hall let out early, clearly. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so my first question or the first the first thing I want to lay out to you, cap or no cap. CH will be in RB1 versus the Chargers on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. That is big cap. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. I think out of, I think out of all the top, out of the, all, all the RB1 performances, I think CH is probably one of the most fraudulent. You know, he caught, yeah, he caught two touchdowns. One of them was a nice, nicely designed. Um, you know, shovel pass, which is cool. You know, you get down to the goal line and you're in a you're in a high powered offense. That's great. But then the other one was like wide open. Um, but ultimately, like he played only 36 percent of the snaps. Derek McKinnon played 39. Um, first half was basically still a rotation, and so he wasn't getting any you know uh, you know long down and distance. Wasn't getting any two minute drill work. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like it, I I can't buy this performance. Uh, uh, moving forward, you know, Patrick Mahomes said it's going to be a different person every week. I know he's referring to the wide receiver room, but um, hell, it might be a different running back every week as well. Isaiah Pacheco had twelve, you know, t- you know, twelve fantasy points. He had eight carries, and I think sixty yards and a touchdown, and he was closing the game uh, while with you know while some of the stars were still in. Um, you know, Mahomes was still in the game uh, towards the, you know like in the fourth quarter. Pacheco was getting carries and he was closing the game, so. Um, Ceh is basically like a first and second down guy. Maybe may may get some red zone attempts, but I'm not buying this. I mean, if if this continues, maybe that speaks to him being more efficient this year. But as of right now, that's that's definitely cap. Yeah, I I was kind of laughing when I wrote this question or wrote this comment in terms of the first cap or no cap with Ceh. Just like yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, like you said. Um, you know, the first half he had, he had the first quarter, he had seven touches and 65 yards in the touchdown. I just don't think you're going to see that every week from CEH. The Cardinals just laid down, like, I don't know what they were doing. They just had no clue about what they were defending. You know, CEH did have 11 touches in the game. I think 10 of them came in that first half. They, I mean, after the first quarter, it's just everybody, everybody ate. So it's really hard to really take anything positive from the running back room because like you said all these snaps were pretty much close and those uh, McKinnon played uh, played the same now amount of snaps as, as CH did and then Pacheco he played majority of the the third and fourth quarter um, for uh, for the Chiefs when the game is already done so you know yeah I don't think he's going to be RB1 versus the Chargers Chargers is a good defense so on to the next one Antonio Gibson, he 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 lives, man. We saw we finally we finally get the usage that we've been waiting for for what a year and some change. We finally see the C the CMC type usage, and uh, he delivered. 
Uh, we saw him. He, he finishes the RB one for the for uh, for this first week. He had eighty four total yards. I think seven receptions, eight carries. Like he just he did everything. He was on the field. I think fifty one percent of the the snaps when he was on fifty one percent of the snaps that he was on the field. He was he was running in a route. Yeah, in a route. I think fifty five percent of those. Those uh, snaps that he played, he touched the ball. So that's really good to also see. So all this to lead up to my next cap or no cap. Antonio Gibson will finish as an RB1 uh, versus the Lions. But let me even make that even further. He finished as RB1 that, for each week. So the next four weeks he plays the Lions, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and Titans. Cap or no uh, cap? I mean, I think it's very possible that he can finish as an RB1 because, you know, we, if you look at the Lions, they got torched by the Eagles. If you look at the Eagles, they got torched by the Lions in the running game. So that both of those teams ran the ball down each other's throats. And, you know, both of those teams had good, pretty damn good offensive lines. Um, and so, you know, and, and then the Cowboys, they gave, you know, 19 carries, 112 yards to Leonard Fournette. And the Titans just got ripped to shreds by Saquon Barkley. So it's very possible Antonio Gibson uh, can be can maintain, um, you know, his RB1, his RB1 standing um, through the first, you know, five weeks, at least until Brian Robinson gets back. Which even then, I don't even know if if it'll be hard. It'll be really, really. I think it'll be really difficult for them to take Antonio Gibson off the field, especially if he's playing really, really well. That'll just kill his momentum, and that'll be that'll signal that hey, they don't really prioritize winning. You know, you keep your best players on the field at all times. Antonio Gibson, despite his fumbles, despite the you know the the issues that he had in training camp and preseason, he's still their best player. He's still their best best offensive weapon. their, Their best. Their most explosive um, offensive weapon. So you know, if they keep this usage up, he's gonna he's gonna keep, he's gonna continue to smash. So I think it's I think there's no cap. I think he can finish on finish as an RB one. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I was really I was really impressed of how they used him. It'll be interesting to see once once Brian Robinson comes back. We don't know when, but it'll be interesting to see what what that what those snap totals look like and how they use him. Uh, when he comes back, but is a good sign whenever he's used in a lot of the passing down uh, work with with uh, with JD McKissick there, and I mean he had more targets than him. His target share was higher than his. Uh, the percentage of routes ran on per snap was higher, so it's, it it looks good for at least for week one for sure. So the the only thing really quick the only thing um uh, that you know the, you can you can kind of point to that that'll give you a little trepidation is that Davy McKissick was still in this kind of normal role of you know being you know being the uh you know the, the third down back um having the long down and distance being the, having the two minute draw all that stuff i think he you know you can you can kind of look at that but if Antonio Gibson is just going to keep smashing like the way he is especially with four pretty favorable looks to be favorable matchups um, then yeah, it probably won't even matter what that usage what that usage is in terms of you know the third down and long down and distance and things of that nature. Justin Jefferson will finish as will repeat yes. as RB yes. wide receiver one. The answer is yes. <laughs> we we shouldn't even have this. The answer is yes. Whatever he's the, he's the best receiver in the league. There's nobody that can stop him. Kevin O'Connell's offense is going to continue to scheme him open, scheme him against linebackers. The answer is yes. Move on. Next question. <laughs> doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter who he's. Play, doesn't matter who he's playing against. I know Darius Slay plays for the Eagles, but Darius Slay is not probably not going to see that much of Justin Jefferson because they're going to move him around. They're going to be creative. 
and they're gonna keep him away from Darius Slay. And I think even even if Darius Slay is even on him, Justin Jefferson is gonna cook him. Period. So again, I'm I'm actually annoyed as you asked this question. <laughs> Next question. Justin Jefferson, yes. He's the wide receiver one every single week until and, and until until he's until he's on a bye. And that's the only reason that's the only way he's not on oh, the wide receiver one. But outside of that, he is the wide receiver one. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have nothing to add to that. Thank you. <laughs> but I have a question for you. Uh, this is this is a bit of an honorable mention. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, his I think his seventh straight game of at least a 30% target share and at least 10 targets. Can we just get it over with and just say the guy is fucking awesome and it doesn't matter who was in or who was out and you know who was missing time, who was not missing time. Can we just can we just get it over with now and just say look this guy's a stud. He's commanding targets at a high rate, at a high clip and he's 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 a wide he's a borderline wide receiver one if not if at, at worst a, uh, you know a, a mid-range wide receiver two. Can we get it over with yeah. please? <laughs> yeah, we can. Um, you know, there's really nothing to say about this like he had 12 targets on 37 routes ran, which was you no know, that's what thirty-three percent targets per route ran. Um, that was by far the highest on his team. He had the most snaps as a wide receiver. I mean, whenever they needed to play, he was there. I mean, I don't really have nothing to debate about. I know it's one of those people that kind of like, let's see if everybody's back. Let's see what happens. I mean, there's nothing else to really talk about here, man. Like he was used in everybody's healthy plus DJ Chark, and he was still the highly most targeted. You know, whenever they needed a first down, they went to him. Uh, I think he counted for like 33% of the team's air, air yards share. Uh, so, I mean, I don't really have nothing else to add, man. He's 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 legit, man. He's legit. Yeah, he is. He is. You got, you, people got to start putting respect on his name now, man, because it's, it's, it's pretty much, um, you know, it's, it's pretty much academic at this point. The guy can ball. The guy yeah. can ball, clearly. All right, so the next segment we have our matchups to attack. Um, we each of us are going to just kind of go through some of the top matchups that we look at, um, you know, for uh, for the on on the on the week two slate, and to, you know, to, just to highlight um, some of the you know some of the some of the players that are in favorable spots, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective. So I'll kick it off. First one I want to look at the Giants, uh, the Giants run game versus the Panthers run defense. Um, they the Panthers run defense got smoked uh, last week nick chubb kareem hunt they 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 ain't greedy you know that mom they enjoyed mama's cooking yeah and you know nick chubb, nick chubb had 78 yards in first and 10 average 6.9 yards um for his first 10 carries you know as a you know as a, as a tandem they ran for almost 200 yards you know they had five rushes for over 10 yards so yeah they they were they were giving up the cheeks and they have a, a saquon barkley who who has that who has that gold star around him, like Super Mario Brothers, who is basically just <laughs> yeah. running through everything. Yeah, he's 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 got that glow going about him. So I, I feel like this is another smash spot for Saquon. So yeah, that's 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 one matchup that I'm looking at. Yeah. So the the one of my matches that I, I highlighted was Denver's running backs versus the Texans. Uh, the Texans they gave up 39 fantasy points to the Colts last week, and that was pretty much all Jonathan Taylor with a mix of Naheem Hines. Uh, I, they had five yards per. I think Jonathan Taylor averaged five yards per carry. 
on top of having uh, 10 receptions as a running, running back group. You got Denver coming in. They, we just saw how they lost that game. Uh, despicable how they lost that game. But the thing <laughs> is that you saw <laughs> you saw Melvin Gordon and and Javante Williams just just you know just feast in on terms of you know touches and 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 usage rate. I mean, we even saw them. They they would have even scored more points if they didn't fumble the ball like every other time they were in the uh, red zone area. So I just think the Texans are going to be outmatched by this by this tandem of running backs. So I want to I want to use both of them. If I have either one on my on my fantasy team, I would lock them in in my lineups. Yeah, that that's an easy one for me. And another easy one that I have is the Rams wide receivers versus the Falcons. Um, they're obviously pissed off for the for the you know for you know pissing down their leg on, on the opener for thir- on last Thursday night uh, against the Bills. It should be a much easier matchup. Um, you know, Atlanta gave up a lot of yards uh, to you know um, to the receiving core of New Orleans. Michael Thomas got in the end zone twice. Jarvis Landry had a couple long catches. Um, so yeah, they should definitely get back on uh, you know get get back on track versus the Falcons. They gave the second most fantasy points to wide receivers in Week One. So Cooper Cup and uh, a, a more involved Allen Robinson uh, should be able to take advantage uh, of, of this matchup in, in week two. Yep, I definitely agree with that. The next one for me is the Colts passing game versus the Jags pass defense. We saw the Jags give up 51 fantasy points to the wide receivers, which was second most week one. And they gave up the most touchdowns to wide receivers, which was four, uh, you know, as we talked about that we saw Carson Wentz almost look like he got revitalized and, you know, boosted up by the way the, the Jags just gave up the cheeks in terms of allowing the wide receivers to score touchdowns. The Jags gave up the third most receptions also to the to the commander. So I, I just believe that Colts, if they want to abuse that passing game, then they're they'll be able to they'll be able to pass on them any any time they want to. Yeah, and and then you know from one abused passing game, passing defense to another, uh, the Cardinals' passing de- passing defense uh, got torched by Kansas City last week. Um, now uh, you know they they get to face um, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's my next. Um, that's my next matchup to attack the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you'll have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and and, and Derek Carr um, on the and they'll and they'll face them on the road. They gave up thirty five fantasy points um, to you know to tight ends last week, which is obviously the most. Um, and yeah, you know, Mahomes got busy. I feel like, you know, Derek Carr can get busy with Devontae Adams and get busy with Darren Waller and get busy with, you know, you know, to a, to another extent, um, Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro had a down game. So he's going to be looking to bounce back, um, and make his, you know, 2022, um, you know, debut at home. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I see, I see a lot of, um, a lot of success um, from this Raiders passing game, uh, against the Cardinals. All right, so now let's go ahead and talk about this Thursday night game, uh, the Chargers versus the Chiefs. We expect this to be a high-scoring game, you know, a divisional game. Uh, I know we've already talked about this uh, before the season started that every AFC West matchup is the over-under is at least 50 points. So we expect this one. Vegas expects this one to be a high-scoring game. I know – Kelsey is feasted on the Chargers last year. He averaged 12 receptions for 147 and a half yards and one touchdown on 12 targets um, the last two games that he played them last year. So hopefully the Chargers figure out somehow, some way how to how they're going to cover him. Um, but definitely you're going to start him 
by default in your lineups. Um, do you have anything of note that you want to see or preview for uh, for this Thursday night game? Yeah, to your point, you, you did mention that they're going to Vegas expects a lot of points. We're looking at a total of fifty four and a half points. Um, yeah, I think that's you know that's a pretty spot on number for this for, you know for these for these two teams. They always when they when they get together, you know, they always they always produce fireworks. Both of their games last year, you know, came down to the wire, right? You know, the, the first game in Arrowhead early in like week four, Mike Williams went crazy, and you know, the, and, and then the Chargers upset the Chiefs. Um, in Arrowhead, and then the Thursday night game. I think in week sixteen or seventeen, or maybe the start of the fantasy playoffs. I can't remember what week it was. Um, you know, he had Travis Kelsey go crazy for like over one hundred ninety plus yards, basically trying to show everyone that he's still the tight end one. So that was a that was a wild shootout as well. So yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, points, points, and points. You know, there there's going to be a lot of scoring. I do know that on the Chargers side. Yeah, we want to see who emerges um, in Keenan Allen's absence, right? And we want to see who emerges in Keenan Allen's absence because he's probably not going to play from all reports that we've been reading, that I've, that I've been reading um, today. And, you know, it looks like Josh Palmer is going to be the first guy up and then, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, DeAndre Carter. Um, but I also, but I do think that Gerald Everett is going to be the best, you know, the, the big, you know, the, you know the, the biggest beneficiary of, of Keenan Allen being out. And, you know, I actually have a bold prediction um, on, Je- on Gerald Everett um, later on in the show. But those are a couple of things that I'm looking at, just who's going to step up um, in the absence of, of, of Keenan Allen. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I do want to see how they handle the wide receiver snaps with Palmer because I don't we're not expecting to see Keenan Allen. Uh, I want to see what they do with what Eckler's touches, because uh, last week, we did see him lead the the backfield in snaps, and he had 18 uh, total touches, but he didn't really do much with those. He only had three targets. Josh, Joshua Kelly had two, and then that was it in terms of that backfield. So hopefully they incorporate him more. I, I, I know fantasy owners would want to see that, see more of that because of you know you spent a first round pick on him and you didn't really get much of anything of him uh, versus the Raiders. So hopefully. Hopefully they figure it out for uh, for this game versus the Chiefs. Uh, I know on the Chiefs side, it'll be interesting to see uh, if if this if this offense is for real. I know like we've been talking about that that first game versus the Cardinals was, I mean, it, it looked like a walkthrough because they didn't stop anything. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the layup pre- lines, if you will, yeah, basically, basically the pregame layup lines. So, yeah. um, hopefully this. The Chargers, they're they're a better defense. So hopefully we see we we see a better uh, get a better idea of what this offense can look like versus uh, a better a better defense. We'll see what Juju how Juju handles uh, going against Bryce Callahan. Uh, Bryce Callahan had uh, Hunter Winfro on the line order uh, this past this past week, and Bryce Callahan was six in coverage per PFF. So we'll we'll see we'll see if Juju gets the same treatment plan as as Renfro did. Uh, so that's why I'm looking forward, forward and, to and, uh, in this Thursday night preview. And real quick on Juju, he's still, I mean, he's nursing a little bit of a shoulder, but it looks like he's going to be okay uh, to, you know, to play um, um, on Thursday night. And so that's just, that's just one thing to kind of, you know, to look out for, especially during the game. If, if he takes a hit on the shoulder and, you know, if he, if it limits him in, at any, in any point. Um, but one thing that I did, one thing that we did um, pinpoint, or one thing that we did notice uh, from from the Chargers um, pass 
um, pass volume in their, in their, in how they distributed their targets. Five players had four targets, no more than four targets, um, for any, for any given player. And, you know, Mike Williams was, was basically useless. Only four catches. I'm sorry, four targets, two catches, 10 yards, especially when Keenan Allen went out. You think you would, you know, his, his usage would, would tick up, but, you know, no player got more than four targets. I think Justin Herbert was just find the open guy and yep. give him the ball. And yep. if, if it was Mike Williams, it wasn't, <laughs> it definitely wasn't. I mean, <laughs> you know, Josh Palmer had 51 snaps, but he still didn't run. Uh, he still wasn't targeted. I don't think that much. Um, Gerald Everett had, you know, 23 routes and just, you know, again, four targets. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, we need to, you know, t- to kind of monitor how Justin Herbert is going to distribute the targets. Hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot of target targets funneled um, to Mike, to Mike Williams and Gerald Everett, uh, you know, this Thursday yeah. night, at least for me, because yeah. selfishly, I want those two to get <laughs> to, to eat for fantasy. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not the only one that's, that's, that's wanting Mike Williams, because I know a lot of people are hyped up with him getting that, that contract extension. So they expected expected him to live up to the money. And, you know, that week one was a, a very, very much, a you know, a downer. So hopefully, hopefully on Thursday night, they, he, he can lift some faces up and, give, and bring him a smile. We can chalk that up as a mulligan. I, th- I think that's a, a that's a that's a mulligan, and we can hopefully get to you know seven, eight, nine targets. Hopefully, in, in yeah, in, in on Thursday night. All right. So the last section of the show. Um, each week we're gonna do. Uh, Gene and I we're gonna do at least one bold prediction. Uh, I'm gonna let him get it kicked off. So go ahead. What is your bold prediction for week two, sir? All right. So before we get to my bold prediction for week two, my week one bold prediction of uh, Gabe Davis being. Um, D wide receiver one was a complete miss. He, we, I thought he was going to be able to do something. He might have had he he might have finished in wide receiver one territory um, if if he would have got that second touchdown, but it just didn't happen, um, and he just fell completely short. So I tried it and I failed. So, but we're back this week. You know, we we're, we're going back to. Uh, it's funny I bring up Gabe Davis. We're going to go back to that game, but who was on that opposite side for the Rams? Is my boy Allen Robinson. This is a redemption week for him. We saw we saw McVay, we saw Stafford come in and just like, yeah, we got to get him the ball. Uh, Stafford made up some nonsense about the way they covered him. Yeah, there's you've you've played in this league long long enough to know that when people get bracketed, you can still get them the ball. So, but Allen Robinson will finish as a wide receiver one this week. That is my bold prediction. Atlanta gave up the fifth most. Fifth most yards to wide receivers at 216 yards. The Rams' offense, as we know, is very funneled between four to five players. And, and Allen Robinson is definitely one of those players that should be getting funneled targets because he's getting paid like it. And we've seen what he can do uh, when he gets targets. Like I said before, McVay said that they're going to get him the ball this week. So we're going to hold him to it. He played the second most snaps and he ran the second most route. So he should be getting more than two targets. So that's my bold prediction. So is it the wide receiver one or a wide receiver one? Oh, so a wide receiver one. Okay, so finished inside the top twelve. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, Allen Robinson is just a prime uh, bounce back candidate. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes for over a hundred in a touchdown. Would not surprise me. Um, so just real quick before I get to my bowl prediction, my bowl prediction for week one <laughs> was a colossal failure. <laughs> a colossal failure. I, I Sammy Watkins. Oh God. Three for eighteen. Right. <laughs> eighteen scoreless yards. Um, you know, his 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 week one magic uh, was nowhere to be found. So that was a uh, a big time fail. 
but we're, hey, we're back week two. Week two. My bold prediction is that Gerald Everett, um, we did talk about him earlier. He will repeat as a type top five tight end um, on the week. And I know, you know, top five tight end is not doesn't have doesn't carry the same mean, carry the same merit as being a top five running back or top five receiver. Um, but you know, given how you know, you know, tight end is, is very, very volatile from week to week. This is more so about the opportunity that that, that lies in front of him for me. With Keenan, Keenan Allen likely out, um, he did have a pretty good game in week one, three for 54 and a touchdown, a grown man touchdown. And, you know, he has a favorable matchup versus Kansas City, and they gave him a touchdown to Zach Ertz. I know they didn't really give up too many yards, but they still allowed a tight end in the end zone. And Gerald Everett doesn't really have any tight end behind him to really threaten his snaps or threaten his playing time since Donald Parham is probably going to miss this game as well. So I think Gerald Everett's going to repeat um, as a top five tight end on the week. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, like like I've been preaching this, I have a a, a sickening love for, for Gerald Everett in this offense this year. So I know yeah, it's the only um, one. Yeah, I know tight ends outside of like the top five don't mean shit, but I mean, this is a cheap tight end that could potentially be a, a tight end one for the season. So. Um, sign me up for that. I, I think that can that can happen. Uh, I know last year, whenever people would get to this part of the show at the end, we would have some prize pick um, players for people to, to look to play. But we are going to post those on our Twitter towards the end of the week. So make sure you look out for those when we post those. Those should come out like Friday or Saturday or maybe even Sunday morning. Um, but yep. please look out for those. I think we were we were pretty. I think we were pretty good. I know we shot over fifty hey, percent we, we clip. We were, we were yeah. hitting last year. We were, we were yeah. over fifty percent for sure. So we'll make sure to keep better track of that as we start getting those fired off for for the season. So, uh, you got anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, you know, uh, Gene and I we just dropped the uh, you know a, a new way for wire show. Please make sure y'all check that out with uh, with Eric Benick over at the America's Game Pod. Comes out every Tuesday morning. So hope, hopefully, you know, you, you guys, you know, took a listen, took a listen, you know, got some, got some, you know, deep stashes and things of that nature. And hey, maybe if your waivers run a little bit later in the week, um, in some of the, in some of, in some league settings that are a little unorthodox and not traditional, then hey, maybe, you know, this, you know, the, the, the waiver wire pod will be right on time for you. So, you know, we have that, we have that dropping every Tuesday now. Um, we got the newsletter coming out every Friday morning. Uh, we have a lot of dope content on the Destination Debbie's uh, Destination Debbie side. Um, you know, just make sure you follow follow the page at Offline FF. Uh, follow Gene. Follow me, uh, Gene. What uh, you got? Anything else for the people? Man, I don't got anything. Man, I'm just excited for the game that's happening tonight. I expect a lot of things with the Chiefs and, and Chargers game. So outside of that, I don't got anything else. Make sure y'all tap into everything that we have going on in Destination Debbie as we uh, roll into the season. Um, you know, write us, review us on everywhere you get your podcast, man. So until then, y'all stay up, you know, get your turn your rosters, turn the end of those rosters, man. Look, we, we want to see you get some wins. So hopefully we give you some information that can take take to your 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 roster. So until then, y'all be safe. Let's eat in week two. 